The reading today is taken from Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 35. And you can find that on page 1045 of the Pew Bible. It's entitled Watchfulness. Be ready, dressed for service, and keep your lamps burning, like men waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. I tell you the truth, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the second or third watch of the night. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord answered, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose the servant says to himself, my master is taking a long time in coming. And he then begins to beat the men servants and maid servants and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him at an, and at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. That servant who knows his master's will and does not get ready or does not do what his master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with a few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's, let's pray for Rihanna as she, as she speaks. Father, we thank you for Rihanna. We thank you for her role with the Children's Society. And we thank you that she and Laura are with us today. We pray that you bless her as she speaks, Rihanna, as she speaks, and us as we hear. In Jesus' name. It's, uh, it's great to be able to join you here at Basin Hill at, at the morning services, um, both the earlier one and today. Thank you for the honour of allowing me to come and speak to you. 
So my name is Rhiannon. I'm here representing the Children's Society. I'm a senior relationship manager for the Children's Society, which means I go around the country meeting lots of different supporters. Um, but I was myself looked after by the Children's Society and adopted when I was a young child, just three years old. I spent two and a half years in my early life in a children's home. So I am absolutely passionate about the work that this organisation does. And travelling to meet communities like yours here in Baston Hill is the favourite part of my job, because I get to say thank you. Thank you to those here in this community who have been our box coordinator and our Chris Dingle organiser. Thank you for those that have a house box, that attend Chris Dingle, or give a gift, or sign up to our campaigns, or pray for our work. You help us to be there for children who need us. Right now, in this country, there are children who feel scared, unloved, and like they simply don't matter. They're not seen, they're not understood, and they aren't getting the help that they need. In fact, we know that there are a million children and young people in England living with seven or more serious problems in their lives. Without the right help, that can be really overwhelming and a lonely place to be. And this has to change because no child should feel alone. No child should feel so unsafe and alone that they feel they have no choice but to run away. That's true at any time of the year, but especially at Christmas. The festive season should be full of promise and excitement for children. Many of us have already started putting up our Christmas trees. I know my children are desperate to do it this weekend. My son has written his letter to Father Christmas. You can feel that excitement growing. But for so many children, it's the times when things feel so bad that they go missing from home. This Christmas, more than 2,000 children will go missing. Every hour, seven children will go missing. And they don't run away from home or care unless it's the last resort. There are factors such as abuse or bullying or family conflict that will push them out of home. And there are pull factors like grooming. But one in four children are forced out by their parents or carers. Just think on that for a moment. One in four children, some as young as 10 years old, are forced out of their homes by their parents or carers. And our research suggests that two-thirds of missing incidents, because many children will go missing more than once, two-thirds of them are never reported by parents or carers. I cannot personally imagine, I've got a 7-year-old and a 14-year-old, I cannot imagine if they went missing that I wouldn't be on the phone to the police and everybody I knew trying to find out where they are. But two-thirds of the time when a child goes missing, the parents or carers simply just wait. These factors need to be addressed to combat the issues that cause running away and to prevent problems escalating. Because a child goes missing in this country every eight minutes. They are already vulnerable when they go missing. They are even more at risk of being taken advantage of once they are missing. They are being exploited. They don't choose to put themselves in danger. No child ever 
chooses to be exploited. And this exploitation is happening on our doorsteps. Criminals are targeting children and young people in our communities, using them to commit crimes, exploiting them for sex or simply to make money. The National Crime Agency report this week highlighted the scale of the issue. Children as young as 12 are being ruthlessly groomed and exploited by organised criminal gangs, sending them the length and breadth of the country to carry drugs and money. And criminal gangs are targeting children and young people in 80% of our communities. So if you think it isn't happening here, you probably are mistaken. What happens is young people are often um, sent out of the cities into the communities to sell drugs. It happens everywhere. We know we're working with the police on this issue. But what's most shocking is when those children and young people are picked up by the police or authorities, they're seen as having chosen to get involved with gangs, and as a result they're criminalised when instead they should be recognised as victims of trafficking or exploitation. These children, and they are children, feel scared and alone. We can't ignore this. We must protect them. So this children, more than, this Christmas, more than 200 children who run away will be harmed or hurt. They may feel that there's nowhere to turn and no one for them, but we at the Children's Society will be there for them. Our project workers help children in special one-to-one -one sessions to really take the time to listen and understand their problems. We use our expertise to find out why a young person is running away and give them that support that they urgently need. So Sophie's home was full of arguments. Her mum was planning to move away and she had to go and live with her dad miles away from her school and her friends. And she was so unhappy with this that she decided she was better off running away. She dropped out of school, started spending time with a gang and some of whom were predatory adults. Eventually, the police found her at, a, at the house of a man they were arresting for assaulting women. When Sophie met Gemma, one of our project workers, she had someone she could talk to and trust for the very first time in her life. Gemma explained to Sophie what could have happened to her and how lucky she was that the police found her before anything serious happened. Once Sophie understood just how much danger she was in, she wanted to be safe. She wanted to turn her life round. She just didn't know how. And with support from Gemma, our project worker, she stopped going missing, her relationships improved, and she returned to school. And Sophie is now at college and wants to work helping other young people who have been through the same experiences as her. And we often find that young people who have been through our services want to come back as volunteers and mentors to help other young people. We want to stop this exploitation. We want to keep pe uh, young people safe from harm. We want to help those children who've been through traumatic experiences to find that strength that they need to cope. And we want to make sure that children have the security, stability and love they need to give them a better chance in life. With your help, last year we helped about 13,000 children and young people between the ages of 10 and 18. Our project workers are on the streets, working with vulnerable young people, listening to them and giving them the support they need. 
And we need to keep on working to understand the ways in which children are exploited in this country. We work with the police, local authorities, the NHS and schools and colleges to help them see and understand the reality of exploitation and pioneer new ways of, it of stopping it happening. With your help, we've actually used our expertise to train more than 30,000 doctors, nurses and other people in the NHS across the whole country, helping them to spot the signs of sexual exploitation. With your support and the support of the bishops, I would say, as well, we've made 27 national and local policy changes that improved the lives of more than 3 million children and young people in 2016. It was with your help that we got the government to recognise the danger children are in when they run away, cut delays in finding them, and ensuring every child who goes missing is supported when they're found. But we've been helping children for 130 years. As many of you may know, in the late 19th century, Edward Rudolph, a young Sunday school teacher and civil servant, found himself confronted by the brutal effects of poverty on the lives of children. Two young boys had failed to, send, to turn up to his Sunday school and he went to look for them and was shocked to find them begging for food on the streets because their father had died and their mother was struggling to look after seven children under the ages of 11. He was shocked to discover this was not isolated and was moved to act. And as a result, the Church of England Society for Waifs and Strays was founded. Uh, we're not known as the Waifs and Strays anymore. I think that's probably not a, a very good term, but we are still the Church of England Children's Society, although known in short as the Children's Society. So Victorian Britain was very different from the country we live in today. The state did very little to help young people. We took up that challenge and have been at the forefront of delivering children's services ever since. We really do believe that every child is unique and different, and so are the problems they face. It's often complex. Today's society isn't set up to deal with so many young people with so many different problems. I often wonder what Edward Rudolph would think about the number of children still needing our help, still needing the help of the Children's Society and what he would think about the fact that that need is ever-growing. Although our work has changed in the last 130 years, and even in the years since I was helped by the Children's Society, the core Christian values of the organisation remain the same. We make sure that children and young people can be seen for who they really are and what they have to offer. We bring what, together what's needed to help every child we reach lead the life they should have and realise their potential. It is not enough that they survive. We believe they should be given that opportunity to flourish, the opportunity that I had as a child. Last year, I had the honour of meeting a young woman called Amelia. She was 16 years old when she was forced to leave home by an abusive stepfather. After living on her friend's sofas for a while, she ended up in a house sharing with a, a number of adults she didn't really know. Imagine that, 16. All she should have been worrying about was taking her A-levels. But instead, she was worrying about what she was going to eat, how she was actually going to get to school, and how she was going to cope. She felt really alone. When she met the Children's Society, 
And she described to me, she, you know, eventually she met the Children's Christ Society, and she described to me how the project worker gave her just a simple food parcel, and in it was cans of beans, I and mean, it was just very simple, nothing special, but it meant so much. The project worker got her the financial help she needed and suitable housing close to school. She completed her A-levels, and last year started university in London, and this year she's actually in America completing one of those years of her studies. I know if Amelia was here, she would want to say thank you to you for helping her when she most needed it. Thank you for helping her to realize her potential. Because of you, we've been supporting children and young people for more than 130 years, listening to what they tell us and campaigning to improve their lives. But right now, there's more to do. Our work means we are reaching more children earlier before crisis hits. But with your help, we want to be able to do this in all parts of the country. With your help, we want to bring together people to protect young people and fight exploitation so that no child feels alone. We're asked to give what we have. And in doing so, we are giving it to those who have little. And I would ask that you give. Give the gift of prayer. Pray for those children who feel scared, unloved, and like they simply don't matter. Pray for our project workers out there, finding them and protecting them, protecting those children who have been exploited. Support your Chris Dingle service here on Christmas Eve. Give gifts. Take even a house box, uh, where you can give a small gifts of change throughout the year. Or come and speak to me about how else you can get involved. For many vulnerable children, the only promise at Christmas is that bad things in their lives will feel much worse. But this Christmas, we want children's lives to be full of a different kind of promise. The promise of a listening ear, of friendship, of a sense of belonging, of a brighter future. By showing children that they aren't alone and that they have hope, we can make this Christmas full of promise for vulnerable young children across the country. Only together can we be there for every child that needs us, because no child should feel alone. Thank you.